0: Hello there. Presented by the Atlas Strength Shop. This is the Atlas Nerds in Iron Podcast. Good evening. Welcome to the Atlas Nerds in Iron Podcast. I'm your host Cameron Ray. This is our beautiful co-host, Mr. Matthew Cavalier. And today we have a very special guest. We have Garrett Botsey Bailey. Hi everyone. How you doing today, Garrett? Oh, today I'm great. And how you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. A
1: little bit uh, hungover, but I'm, I'm hanging in there.
0: Well, for good reason. Uh, Matt cooked us a hell of a lot of crawfish yesterday. Sure Delicious. Did. And there was a lot of beer that was involved as well. Of course. How many beers did we leave you, and how many of them did you drink?
1: Okay, so when I woke up this morning and looked at a cooler, there was three total beers left out now, of a
0: case. There were a lot of beers when I left, yeah. and I know uh, and I know Caleb didn't drink any.
1: Yeah, and I'm uh, pretty sure I touched the double digits there last night.
0: Hey, wow. sometimes you gotta.
1: Yep. It was the last crawfish bro of the year, so, you know, I just went full send.
0: How much crawfish did you have left over?
1: Um, After I gave Heather's mom a bag, well, I filled up a gallon Ziploc bag with tails, so.
0: Okay. Wow. Enough for that. So, yeah, That's that'll be lot. plenty. You gonna do some fettuccine? You got something else in mind for it?
1: Actually, I kind of wouldn't mind making that
0: fettuccine again. That was really good. That fettuccine was so damn good. Yeah. All right, so uh, so today we've got a few things we're going to talk about. We are going to hit on uh, – it's actually we got a DM during the, last, uh, during the last podcast episode. Somebody commented and essentially said they wanted to sign up for their first competition, but they were a little apprehensive. They weren't sure if they were going to be strong enough. So we are going to uh, – we're going to hit on that, on some markers that you're going to want to make sure you have right, not necessarily physically, but in your head before you sign up for a competition. And since we got uh, Botsy here today, Botsy is, uh, well, I, I think of him as a world-class powerlifter. Whether or not he's going to claim that title as himself or if he's going to be too, uh, too modest, that's on him. He is, though. Uh, so he's going to be able to touch on the same topic from a powerlifting perspective as well. But first, we're going to get to our sponsors. First and foremost, we have StrikeForceEnergy.com. If you're feeling a little bit sluggish, it's about mid-afternoon, you don't quite need any pre-workout, but you just need a little bit of caffeine to get you through the day, then go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use promo code ATLASstrength at checkout, and you're going to save 10% on your—I'm sorry, 20% on your next order of caffeine. They also come in little twelve, not really little, but 750-milliliter pump bottles. You can put it on the back of the sink, pop a couple of spurts into whatever you are drinking, and you're going to have enough caffeine to make your coffee. (laughs) <laughs> why, why are you looking at
2: I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> Honest,
0: honestly, I just want to see the expression on your face whenever uh, it clicked, whatever I said that. Uh, but, yeah, like I am sluggish in the morning. I need a little bit of caffeine to get me going, and strike force Energy is the way to go. Next up, we have Impact Mouthguards. If you like keeping your teeth, I suggest you go to Impact Mouth use promo code ATLASstrength at checkout, and you're going to save 10% on your next order. Botsy, do you use a mouth guard when you lift it all? Uh, I used to when I was really young, but then uh, it kind of made me gag, so I stopped. Okay, so was it one of the ones that has the, uh, the one you used? Was it one of those ones that has the connector that goes under the tongue? No, no, it actually doesn't. It was just a, a normal mouth guard? Just a normal mouth guard, yeah. So I'm going to show you mine. Uh, obviously, you're not going to pop it in your face, mm-hmm. but if you think that that one will work for you, what Impact mouthguards does is they'll actually send you a kit. You bite into, you send it back to them. And they're going to send you a custom mouth guard that fits you and only you. Okay. Yeah. So it's not that boil and bite bullshit. This is like dentist office quality mouth guard
1: without the dentist office quality price tag.
0: Yes, I like it. Yeah. So I'll they they cost fifty bucks for everybody else. 10% off if you use promo code AtlasStrength at checkout. They also make them for combat sports. They make them for uh, for night guards whenever you, you grind your teeth at night. Mm-hmm. They make athletic tape as well. And they have the second coolest apparel line that is out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to the first coolest here in a second. But next, we have Sticks and Stone. They are our newest sponsor, and they are providing us with some really awesome equipment for next year's Louisiana Strongest Man. If you've been following the Instagram, you already know what I'm talking about. But definitely go and check them out. Sticks and Stones, they got their start during the pandemic, whenever all the plates uh, went out of uh, stock. He made some molds. You could buy a set of these molds, and you could make concrete plates that would fit an Olympic-sized barbell that were 55, 45, 35, 25, or 10 pounds, all using the same mold with different inserts. So he makes those. He makes molds for kettlebells. Those are his bread and butter, but he just recently started getting into making custom equipment for strongman competitions. And he's making us some awesome-looking natural stones, some replicas of the Husafell stone in Iceland. And I cannot wait to get my hands on them. I'm literally driving to Houston and picking up, uh, let's see, 410, 320. Um, I can't math. Or if, what, what's 410 plus 310? That's going to be 720, yeah, 720 plus 210, 930 pounds mm-hmm. worth of rock Damn. that I'm bringing back here You're from Houston. Bottom out. I don't think I'm gonna bottom out. Nah, you'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be I, fi- it'll be fine in my truck.
2: Yeah, if I can pull over a thousand pounds in my Rav Four, you should be fine in your truck.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's how I got my set. Uh, uh, when I was teaching at uh, Striver High School, I pulled what it was. It was actually I think it was twenty seven hundred pounds, but it was a lot of tens and a lot of fives. Mm-hmm. But over nine hundred pounds worth of forty fives and uh, a few hundred pounds worth of thirty fives. Just brought up, drove it all the way from was it Houston? I think it was Houston, Texas. Did
0: you yeah. throw them in the back, or did you have a trailer?
2: No, I didn't have a trailer. just put it all on in the inside of the vehicle.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm going to wind up doing, yeah. too. Low rider. So, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of nervous on how we're going to get that 410 into the back, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, hope it took I'll...
1: four of us to move that 400-pound stone when we moved them
0: to 3.0. So, I have, I have a feeling. and I need to make sure I message him before I actually go up there. If he's making these things, he probably has some kind of hoist or a forklift lying around that he can get these things because he loads them into the back of his truck and he delivers them. I'm assuming he has a workshop and he probably has a winch from the ceiling. Probably. So So we'll figure it out, though. Yeah. So last but not least, we have the Atlas Strength Shop. That is us. We are a gym focusing on strength sports located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. If you are in the area, definitely come and check us out. Just shoot me a DM on Instagram. We'll get it set up. If you are not in the area and you still want to support us, we have an awesome apparel line. Me and Matt are actually twins today wearing matching shirts. And Batsy is wearing one of our shirts as well. And you can use promo code ATLASNERDS10 at checkout. and You're going to save 10% on your next apparel order. Mm-hmm. So that's it for the sponsors. Yep. All right. Maybe. So, yeah, we're just going to shoot the shit for a few minutes. Then we're going to get into the topic. Right. Uh, so I saw, saw you both yesterday. But before that, how was y'all's week?
2: Pretty good. Week's pretty, pretty good. I've been making some progress. Yeah, I had a yeah.
0: solid week training.
1: Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Good week. I know. How, how long do you have before you go to Nationals?
2: Uh, about – I think this is my fourth week out. Yeah, it's four weeks out.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. How y- how you feeling about it?
2: Feeling pretty good. Um, need to tweak some things on deadlifting. I've learned I need to tweak a couple things on squat, but squat's coming along really well. Uh, bench is coming on better than I thought it was, so I, I'll probably be hitting some new PRs for cool. an opener. Uh, that will be nice. Uh, I think I'm going to have some fun.
0: What you wanting on bench?
2: I'd, I'd like 600. 600 looks really plausible this time around. And, uh, like, I'm going to be opening pretty close. But even with conservative jumps from there, it looks like 600 will be possible. Never been anywhere near that before. But uh, this this shirt's working working really well for me.
0: Awesome, awesome. And we're not talking about the Atlas Strength Shop shirt. He, uh, he's actually he's competing geared. That would be nice, though, if the Atlas Strength Shop shirt was going to call guarantee a PR on your bench. Dr-
2: drug-free, drug-free. So uh, I've I've learned recently that Geared comes out as being uh, uh like steroids and performance enhancers. I am 100% drug-free. So, yeah.
0: That USAPL life. <laughs> but uh, so exactly how does it – because I know you, you signed up to compete uh, as a Geared lifter. Mm-hmm. But you qualified for nationals raw. So exactly how does that how does that carryover work? And I ask this because in strongman, if you qualify for one weight class, that's the weight class you qualify for. Mm-hmm. So you can't jump and like like if your birthday and you turn into a masters athlete between the competition you qualify for and masters, you don't get to jump to masters. Mm-hmm. So how does it work with USAPL as far as jumping the ship and and putting a suit on.
2: So in USA power thing and uh really most other power thing divisions it's pretty much the same. So we have we have the age groups, we have the weight classes just like y'all we don't change between them unless say for instance you lifted as say a 205 and you qualified as a 205 but you lifted enough weight to qualify as maybe a 231. If you decide to in that body weight you don't have to qualify again but if you went reverse you went back down because you're at just uh were at advantage at the higher weight then you do have to go back down and re-qualify now when it comes to like uh divisions between equipped and raw uh you know we know you're at a disadvantage raw so that being said if you qualify raw and you hit the qualifying total for equipped then you get to qualify for the equipped nationals However, if you look at the qualifying totals for uh, nationals, the equipped total is actually less than the raw total. And the reason for that is because over the last six, seven years, raw competition has become very, very popular. It's much more economical because you don't have to pay $100 for suits. Uh, It's much easier. It's much less painful. You don't wind up getting those suit scars and a lot of the powerful lifters have been coming out of the woodworks to compete raw so it's become a whole lot more competitive so for instance raw nationals i think it was 2017 might have been no 2016 was the first time we broke a thousand people competing at raw nationals whereas that same year i think we had 600 people competing equipped and just because you compete in an equipped competition does not mean you can't compete uh, without a suit and just compete against equipped lifters, you are, again, known to be uh, at a disadvantage. However, you are at an advantage if you use a suit in a raw competition. So that's why we don't allow people to go the reverse way. So you can't go to a raw competition and put on, like, say, a squat suit or a bench or a deadlift suit.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And okay. what made you decide to go equipped for this uh, for this event?
2: So uh, I have a team called the Louisiana Legends, and the rest of my team was going equipped already and so you have an equipped division team and you have a raw division team and so we decided to just pull our numbers together and everybody lift uh equipped this time around uh where they've actually split uh made like raw and the lifting equipment happen at the same time so I can't do both divisions which I usually do if anybody's followed my lifting before uh my last competition before I came back this year was in Costa Rica and I competed in both the raw and the equipped divisions and it, it was two separate days but this time, that's made it pretty much impossible. So I had to pick and choose.
0: That had to have been murder on your body. I was about to say, so you you would compete
1: raw one day and then turn around the next day and, and compete equipped.
2: Yep, um, it 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 was. I actually had to cut quite a bit of weight, but uh, as long as I stayed hydrated and kept my food stores and and checked, I was uh, I did fine.
1: Yeah. Damn, that's a lot of heavy lifting in a short amount of time.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. how old were you at the time when you did this? Ooh, I was twenty seven. Yes, I had just turned 27. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. so That was only, what, three years ago?
2: Yeah, it was about three years ago. Yeah. Almost, yeah. It was two and a half. Yeah, cause it was <laughs> August. I don't know, I, I'm exact, exact for, for no apparent reason at all. But, yeah, two and a half years ago. Yeah, I took my, my long hiatus, and now I'm back.
0: Yeah, well, you had a good reason to take that hiatus, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. you come back from your hiatus, you train for, what, three months? Yes, yeah, about and three months. Uh, yeah. you pull 7.20. Jesus.
2: Right. 7.22, yeah. Um, I didn't actually expect to pull uh, in the sevens. I didn't think I still had it in me because uh, I definitely wasn't panning out in training. But, you know, deadlift is a love-hate relationship. So when you when you get to the competition, you know, you get the crowd hyping you up, and you'll be able to do pretty amazing things.
0: hmm Yeah, it was something that definitely confused all of us watching you training. You'd go to pull 3.15, you'd be like, nope, it's not there today. Mm-hmm. I remember
1: uh, watching it. I'm like, what are you doing? I know you can do that. I don't know where you can do that.
0: I don't know.
2: I think part of it is I'm very, very, uh, I'm OCD about my deadlift. I'm very, very technical. Mm-hmm. So if I don't feel it, and after my injury uh, in 2019, um, I, I've been very, very cautious about my deadlift. So if I feel like that injury is coming back, because the, there was a point in my two year hiatus where I tried to train again and it popped just like it had popped uh, the months prior and I slowed down. I was like, I can't I can't let this happen again. So I get a little worried in training, but when it comes to actual competition, haul out.
0: So I don't think I don't think we've ever talked about your injury. Like I wasn't aware that you had ever been injured. Do you mind telling us what happened?
2: Oh yeah. So it actually happened twice just before the competition. So the first time it happens, I was training at Fletcher's House of Power, which is the gym I used to train at uh, before I came to Atlas. And um, I was deadlifting. I think I was deadlifting, but something around 6:45 for reps. And I got to my fourth rep, and this was seven weeks out, and something my ba- my back just popped, and I fell over. Hmm. And that never happened to me before. I've had like a glute injury that kind of developed over time, but this was like the most the, the most dramatic uh, injury I've ever had that just popped out of nowhere. After that, I was limping for a few weeks. I could barely move my left leg. It felt like a nerve was being pinched. I couldn't stand up straight. Did your testicle hurt? No. <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and uh, so I took I took a little time off, but I had to, you know, I was competing at, in Costa Rica for the NAPF competition. And I was like, I had to come in and do something because I already signed up. I, all my meat, all, all, everything was uh, ready to go. Uh, everything was signed up. And I just all I had to do was compete. And so I took about four weeks of rest and then I came back start deadlifting again and then I think I hit about I was trying to hit six seventy and I actually had it on video. Um I I get up just a little past my knees and the pop happens again three weeks out. So I was like Ooh. that's it. Can't deadlift anymore. Just just gonna have to uh parade works and out at the meet. So I actually didn't deadlift for three weeks, then went to the competition. I was able to get somewhere somewhere around six six 640 and then I was able to put the suit on the suit pretty much masks everything so mm-hmm. it was like 793 at the suit but uh after that I still was limping around for quite some time my students were asking me what was going on it was, it's like it's going to be hard to explain to you just lifting just lifting but uh, I was able to recover but it took a lot longer than expected yeah a lot of a lot of bad luck in 2019 i think
0: yeah
1: yeah i've had to deal with a couple of back pops over the years mm-hmm. um Unfortunately, I had to pop it a couple of times for me to actually speak to someone who could actually tell me, this is why you're popping your back. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily anything you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, per se. It turned out I had hip, a hip imbalance issue.
2: Ah, uh, okay. So what
1: happened when I got to the heavier side of things, my low back would compensate for my hips' inability to get into that range of motion where it needed to be, mm-hmm. and it would pop. Mm-hmm. Um, once I figured out, once we figured out what was causing it and I was able to work on that issue, now I'm back into like, oh, I can pull into the fours again comfortably and not really have mm-hmm. to worry about it.
2: Yeah, it's a great feeling where you can, where you don't have that pain anymore, that little discomfort because mm. you get worried when it's just, when it's not even painful, it's discomfort. And yeah, it's the same thing for me.
1: The hip pain never goes away. Mm-hmm. That is just something that I have to live with. Mm-hmm. But I can work on it enough to have I hurt myself.
0: Okay. His hips do, in fact, lie. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Naughty
2: hips. Mm.
0: Okay. So, so let me get this straight. Okay. Four weeks out Four weeks from out. your last Nationals meet.
2: I think it was three weeks. It was three weeks out, yeah. You
0: hurt your back. Mm-hmm. Then you take a little bit of time off. You mm-hmm. say, well, I got to do something. So you train again. So you hurt it again. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, I still have to compete. I'm already signed up. Mm-hmm. So you decide to compete both raw. And equipped. The decision with was an like, injured
2: back. The decision was already made. I was like, there's no turning back. It's got, it's gotta happen. Okay. It has to happen. There's no way I'm I'm not going to uh compete. Um Me head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But it, when I say bad luck, it was it was like a crazy amount of bad luck. So before I was supposed to be competing, I had a coach that was supposed to be just at nationals. that was gonna be like my handler and stuff like that. Uh, or NAPF. And what happened was he had wound up dying unexpectedly. Ooh. Like just before and oh, wow. I like I had known him. I was like, Wow, that's that that sucks. And then um actually I think it happened just after the competition. My the principal at the school I was teaching at, he died and he was really, he was a really good man. And yeah, it was it was a lot of a lot of a lot of bad luck and another coach that I had that was supposed to go with me. He he didn't die, he just he just he he wound up not being able to make it. Uh, make it to the competition mm. uh for me. But usually he is. But um, Costa Rica, other than that, Costa Rica was really nice. I enjoyed it. Um I wanted to climb those mountains but I had to compete back to back so I couldn't,
0: No, you were down. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are ma- <laughs> there are mountains in Costa Rica. There's mountains in Costa Rica. Well I guess the- so. That's where they filmed uh, Jurassic Park, isn't it? Maybe part I of it. I think so.
2: I Maybe part of uh, um what is it, Dominion that's coming out or the um the one before the one before Dominion. They where they have the scene where mm-hmm. they're going down the mountain. Yeah. But it's not large, large mountain. You can see the tops easily, but it's, it's just completely forest covered over mountains, and it's, it's beautiful, and I've, I've always wanted to, like, climb it. But uh, not, not enough time. I knew I wasn't going to make, make it back in time. I was going to spend the whole day out there.
0: Yeah, just go back. Yeah,
2: I will. Definitely will. Costa Rica is great.
0: Never been to Costa Rica. It's, uh, it's part of the Caribbean, though, too, right?
2: Uh, I'm not actually sure. Uh, I think it's just its own island like Cuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah Cuz I've been to uh I've been to St. Thomas mm-hmm. out there. So I imagine it's probably very similar to St. Thomas. I've no if I idea. had to guess. Yeah, I, I
2: have no either. idea on that one. Yeah. And, uh, the, geographically, I'm pretty inert until I actually go to the, to the country or or a island or city country, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, St. Thomas is basically just a big mountain with a beach around it. It mm-hmm. is kind of how it's the whole thing is set up. Oh, like, like but, Hawaii. Yeah, yeah okay. it is gorgeous there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to hit on the idea of how do you know you're ready to actually sign up for a comp. I figure the best thing to do is just kind of go around the room, give uh, give our respectives. So let's start over there with you, Matt.
1: Um, so, I can kind of speak a little bit on this because I've only been competing. This is my second year competing. Um, so, the first time I did a comp was not very – long ago um, <clears throat> basically my opinion on is on it is this obviously you need to train and you need to do everything you can to prepare yourself for the competition but at the end of the day whether you think you're strong enough or not is more or less irrelevant like if this is your first competition you really need the experience of doing a competition because you can always train for the next one to get stronger and better over time so the best thing for you to do whether you're going to place or finish dead last, go and do it anyway. Get the experience, get a feel for how the competition works, have an idea of the flow in between events, how these things are structured, what you need to do to stay focused throughout. These are the kind of experiences that you can carry over to your next competition, which, unless you have to suffer from an injury, you will more than likely keep training, keep getting stronger, keep getting better, and that experience you will carry with you um also another thing to add is fear shouldn't stop you from doing anything in life if you want to do this do it because at the end of the day at the very least no one can take away from you that you tried so just go out there and even if you make yourself look like an idiot
0: try unless the thing you're fa- afraid of is fighting a bear with your bare hands <laughs>
1: i don't recommend doing that though
0: go ahead and let fear stop you yeah <laughs>
1: But I have
2: my bare hands. I yeah, think I, yeah. <laughs> hey, I think in it's a fair country, fight at that point.
0: In this country, I have the right to bear arms, and I want that motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking them right arms. now. Yes. <laughs> fair <laughs> fight. Yes. Um. Yeah. I I completely agree. Um. It it really isn't about uh how strong you are. You should just go and do it. Uh. Like for instance, I I didn't have much time to prepare for the strongman competition um and that we we just had a capital city uh, strongman competition and but i i you know i went in and did it uh didn't, even though i had like events slowing me down i was like you yeah, know just go and then you learn so what i learned is you you always want to do you want to take that first competition as a learning experience so you want to learn so i learned okay there's a lot more going on with the strongman competition, the powerlifting competition. You have three events for powerlifting. You you can easily space that time out. There's more time going into strongman, less time in between, and so you have to you have to take advantage of the resting periods in between. So I like to take a little bit of some nap in between. But once you establish where uh, where those rest periods are, you, like I said, you take advantage of it and um come back stronger on the next event uh come back better prepared on the next event and uh from personal from personal experience when it comes to just not strongman but like powerlifting or any other sport um you know it's it's gonna suck the first time but that that learning experience brought over brought over to the next competition will make you tremendously better and and it will make you look like a completely different lifter Mm -hmm. or a completely different athlete um as long as you, as long as you don't let that fear stop you, like you said before, uh, you you give yourself that chance to learn. You, you pad, go past that point, and like just any other competition. Afterwards, you'll continuously get better, and you'll look like an expert towards the end of it.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's good. Oh, cool. So at this point, I've actually competed in three different strength sports. Mm-hmm. My very first competition I ever did was. Uh, It was a USAPL show. I think this was back in 2014, 2015. Uh, It was Pelican State Open uh, that I did. It was yeah years ago now. But everyone told me, doesn't matter how strong you are, Mm -hmm. just try to get nine for nine. So that's what I set out to do. I didn't get it. Missed my last bench. So I got uh, got eight out of nine Mm -hmm. uh, good lifts. And in my mind, it was a win. I wound up... uh, I wound up getting second in my division. Granted, that was just because, you know, the way powerlifting works. If only three people show up, everybody's walking away with a medal. <laughs> um, I, there was a huge gap in between me and the guy in first, but it, w- it was what it was. I had a blast, and I definitely learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, my very next competition was a Highland Games uh, meet out in Zachary. At the time, there weren't any strongmen in Baton Rouge or really anywhere around. I figured Highland Games was probably the closest I was going to be able to get for a while. I had never thrown a single thing. Hmm. I had never seen a caber in person. I had never seen any of the weights in person. I just bought a kilt and showed up. And um, God, what what is that guy's name? He's uh, I can't believe I'm brain farting on his name right now. He's the owner of RevFit in Hattiesburg. Uh, he, up until recently was the USPA state rep for Louisiana. Um,
2: USPA state rep. Yes. I don't know that. See, I I haven't been too much into USPA. I know APF and I know USA power thing, but not, not USPA.
0: But he super nice guy. He wound up actually showing me all of the events and gave me a brief rundown on how to do them all that morning. Like you showed up, there are no weight classes. You just show up in your kilt, you pair up with everybody. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this is just going to be a bunch of guys drinking beer with kilts in a field until I see people like pull out ends or sleeves and and all the extra equipment. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I am hopefully unprepared. I am hopefully unprepared for all of this. I am so sorry. It It is quite all right. We're just gonna roast you on the podcast. It's okay, <laughs> Botsey's phone is ringing in the middle of the podcast. Yes, it's okay. It's not as bad as um, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing the part, podcast, and oh. Jarvez starts banging on the door. Hey, yeah. Cam, you in there? <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're we're not here, Jarvez.
2: <laughs> this is all in, in your mind. Mm-hmm. But um, to go back, what you said, I uh, that's what I loved about love about any strength sport in, in general. I've noticed that it doesn't matter if you're competing against somebody or um they see you as like a complete noob like there's there's usually someone uh i might even go as far as say there's always someone at the the competition willing to help you out Mm -hmm. no matter what because like they see that you need help they understand that they've been in the same position themselves and they help you um i remember actually uh there was a guy I i didn't get his name but he helped me at uh Louisiana Strongest and he saw struggling like really, really bad on the keg. And he showed me the he showed me how to do the keg. And um it wound up it wound up helping quite a bit. And I actually did like fifty pounds more than I'd ever done on the keg. Oh just nice. before. But I wound up not being able to get to the keg when it came to the medley. So uh it's all it's um it w- it was very it was very helpful and I'll, I'm grateful for that. Uh, I remember there was a guy who was actually competing against and it was a summer classic. What was it 2017, 2018? And my bench shirt broke on me. Ooh, uh, that yeah. sucks. And uh, that, that might have been the second time I've ever bombed out in a competition. Usually, if I bomb out, it's because either something tears, like a suit tears, or uh, I don't make weight. Uh, that's pretty much it. But um, it it tore me and the guy that was uh right behind me in competition um his name is dale mclaurin uh shout out to dale um he let me borrow his extra bench shirt and even though if i would have got a single one of those benches with his shirt i would have won he he gave it to me anyway let me use it and i i was this close to beating him but i just messed up my technique on it and so um, I think I I think I bounced it off my chest or my butt came up something like that something that gave me red lights and, and it wound up making me buy a month of meat, but he was willing to look past the fact that we were competing against each other and help me out, and I I really really love seeing that. And so I try to pay it forward. And like every time I see someone struggling a little bit, I give a little bit. And I usually I have to I have to ask first because sometimes you'll have somebody that's like too nervous or too proud to accept help. But beyond that. I, I try my best to like help out whoever I see that's struggling a little bit because you know you you know you see yourself like that
1: sometimes. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to make a comment on mm-hmm. him giving letting you borrow his pin shirt. I also had a thought that um, when you're preparing for something as long as you do for something like this, and your your rival or, or competitor that you're going against. The last thing you want is to beat him because your equipment broke. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I right. also
1: bet another driver when I say it was like, if I'm gonna beat this guy, I want to beat this guy because I'm a better lifter, not right. because he couldn't for something that was outside of his control.
0: Right. Yep, right. definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, so going back to like my experiences, <clears throat> so that's how the Highland Games meet went. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to do any events. Went out there, threw things the best I could. The 55 pound weight for distance actually threw me. Um And the, the, my caber sucked, but I had a blast. And I learned a lot from that experience. Uh, shortly after that, that's when I started buying straw man equipment. And a buddy of mine in Texas who owned, or he didn't own it, he managed a snap that was owned by the same guy that owned the snap I was running. So we talked back and forth a lot. He was going to North Carolina to compete in North Carolina's Strongest Man because that's where his parents lived, Mm -hmm. and he peer pressured me into signing up with him. Nice. So my first competition was all the way in North Carolina. Again, most of this equipment I had never touched. I had to cut weight for this one because it was uh, the light and heavyweight novice divisions. It was 198 and under, 199 and over.
1: Ooh, one ninety eight. Wow. Yes, that's tough. It was Maybe um,
0: it was trained strongman. Was the the people who do the official strong uh, the official strongman games? Okay. It was one of his local shows that he runs. Okay. Because he's from North Carolina, right? So we get there and we we go through. That was probably the most I prepared for a competition for a new sport at this point, because it was first time I'd ever cut weight. I had to fly to get there, Ooh. so I found out that really, that really cuts into your weight cut a lot in in a bad way. What was the elevation difference uh, where you went? I have no idea. I, I'm I'm really not sure. Okay. Uh, probably probably negligible. It's North Carolina. Uh. It's on the coast, but hmm. we we even booked IVs after weigh-ins. Like one of the IVs has like the. Has like the um Saline. the B vitamins okay, and all yeah, that yeah. in it to really get you pumped up. Mm-hmm. Got to the hotel. I booked a hotel because it had a sauna. And I knew I was gonna have to drop a couple more pounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The sauna turned out to be a hot tub with broken jets.
2: <laughs> Ooh, that is unfortunate.
0: <laughs> so me and him, we found like a local like um like a full service type gym, kind of like a gym fit type place. Mm-hmm. Right. And we went there. We went to their sauna, and we sat in there for hours the morning before weigh-ins. Oh, wow. Weighed in at the hotel, thought we were good to go, went there. Turns out their scale was heavy by four pounds. Wow. You didn't need to do that much? We (laughs) both missed weight and wound up competing heavyweight novice instead of lightweight novice. Oh, wow. (laughs) So all of my weights from my first competition in Strongman, the uh the overhead jumped by fifty pounds, Ooh. the deadlift jumped by about a hundred. Like it, it all skyrocketed and I bombed uh, I think I bombed the overhead mm-hmm. because I was already questionable on whether or not I was gonna get the overhead for that event. I got one rep with the deadlift. That's that uh remember that profile picture I had for a while with the uh with the tires? Yes. Where I was deadlifting tires? That was that competition. Okay. Um the next event it was a Keg, Sandbag, Husafel medley. That was when I found out that if you drop a keg, it can roll faster than you can run. (laughs) (laughs) So don't drop a keg. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were the other two events? Um, Well, I I don't even remember what the fourth event was, but the final event was a stone series. Mm -hmm. And the very first Atlas stone I ever loaded was at eyeball level. (laughs) Ooh, Jesus. So my point is I went into that competition not having any clue what the hell I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I had touched stones before, but the heaviest stone I had ever touched was a 115-pounder that I had. Mm -hmm. And I put it in the back of my truck. (laughs) Like, It doesn't really prepare you for much. Um, But I learned a lot, fell in love with the sport, kept buying more things competed in several shows since then. Uh, I've done one more highland game since then, but after that it's just been strongman because you know, no offense, but I think powerlifting competitions are just boring as hell. No comment. Like <laughs> just, <laughs> No. Comment. It's a squat, bench, deadlift every time.
2: It's, there is no difference there's no surprises to to be honest. So, uh, I will admit that.
0: But um and especially USAPL. <laughs> like I'm I'm sorry. It's the golf of powerlifting. <laughs> Like they don't even, like they don't even want you to use ammonia in the same building practically.
2: Oh, so you know, you're supposed to do it behind the curtain. Yeah, but it's only like ammonia is completely allowed. It's just you can't let the spectators see because the spectators usually don't know that it's ammonia, unless they're like all strength athletes. But uh, when they get it on camera, if there's a camera, they don't let you do ammonia. But if you're if you're not on camera, so say if it's like a local meet, it's not nationals, so it's not worlds, mm-hmm. you can do it 100. percent uh, even in front of the crowd, but they don't want it shown on TV because it makes them think that you're doing like some sort of drugs. Like you're about to snort cocaine or something, especially if like you accidentally let a little bit of chalk hit your nose. Mm-hmm. Now you look like a cocaine addict just before. And man, they don't want to present that image. Uh, okay. Yeah. So,
0: so that'll actually, that's a perfect segue into the next thing that I want to talk about. That was mm-hmm. kind of related to all this because this comp, this question kind of came up on, uh, on TikTok earlier. Okay. Uh, I have no idea what the guy's real name is. I just know his TikTok name. Mm-hmm. I'm, you, you know how it is with social media. Mm-hmm. But he made a comment about how many shows that he's competed in and he's podium. Is it safe to call himself a semi-pro at this point? So a whole bunch of people like, commented and there were some stitches and duets made on the benefits of being pro versus not pro, how there's not really much money in it. And kind of the point that I made so, you're talking about the spectators. Okay. Who
2: watches powerlifting on TV? Uh, I, I barely even see it on TV, but it's probably going to be other powerlifters, to be honest. Yeah. The only people yeah. that care about strength sports are the guys that compete in strength sports. Oh, true. And women, of and course. The, and yeah, and the family. No, is definitely more guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, families of the members. So, it's either going to be the lifters uh, or the athletes, the athlete's family. And the people trying to sleep with them.
0: Yeah, but it's safe to say that there's always going to be somebody sitting next to grandma to tell her that her grandson didn't snort cocaine, right? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so why are we worried about it? This is, but this is an old, old
2: uh, rule from back when there were more people proportionally than, uh, watching it that were uh, not strength athletes, athletes versus mm-hmm. people that were. And also you're still gonna have people nowadays that like to take any opportunity to make a comment it's like, Oh, you know, USA Parliament's supposed to be drug free but they're snoring coke on the platform. And so it just takes one person that has enough of a following to get away with that, uh, to have everybody start believing uh that, that image and it starts it starts degrading the image. And I understand from like a business standpoint like what they're doing with that, and that's that's why I'm like, you know, I'm I'm on board with the, that rule. But there's a few other rules that uh you know, they seem uh, unnecessary at first, but if you look in the grand scheme of things, you're like, okay, well, this makes sense because you're not trying to portray this image because, you know, USA Power Thing is the biggest drug-free uh, Power Thing uh, platform association uh, in the United States and a pretty big, pretty big chunk of IPF or was a pretty big chunk of uh, IPF until its exile.
0: I know it's also the organization that that backs collegiate programs and high Mm -hmm. school programs Mm -hmm. as well, too, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, they do.
0: So, yeah, I I definitely, and that's kind of my standpoint with it, is I definitely see the need for an organization to not let high school kids get too Mm ammonia-happy. Because, you know, then for the gram, they start hitting ammonia on every single working set.
2: Right, and then you you don't really know, like, what you can do outside of adrenaline, and you you start you start faltering in your training cuz like i can't i don't have my ammonia and then also you have like uh people that have their their septum break down because they've done too much ammonia you've seen people with their nose bleed and you don't want to bleed on the floor every time you lift
0: wait that's a thing ammonia will make your nose bleed yeah you oh, saw yeah. that guy the have um, never seen
2: that yeah strong strongest dude was bleeding out of his nose tremendously I, I don't think that was from the ammonia though. <laughs> no it's from the it was from the ammonia and the suit you put those yeah. two together you're going to bleed a lot if you done it if you done it over the years You'll bleed a lot. So I've seen people like bleed from their cheek once, which was interesting. But I think he had high blood pressure beforehand. I'm sorry,
0: bleed from your cheek?
2: Bleed from his cheek. So he didn't have a zit or anything. He just bled from his pores. It just
0: came out of his pores. Came out of
2: his pores. He took a shot of ammonia. And I think it was this. This was in training. That's hardcore. Yeah. His name was Conrad (laughs) Cable, and I was training with LSU's powerlifting team. And they, he just, I was like, dude, you're like bleeding from your cheek. He's like, only real man bleeding. I had a comment, but I won't say it here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think I know where you're going. With
1: that yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hardly use my I I have it in my bag, but I really hardly ever use it. That's the best thing. I
0: yeah. use it on max effort singles. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. was the last time you saw me do a max effort single? I've never seen you do Hell, a max I don't remember the single. last time I did one. Yeah, like for for me there's no point right now. Like mm-hmm. I'll do a triple and then some math. Right. I mean,
1: for strongman most of your events aren't for heavy singles anywhere. Most of it is for volume or volume or for time or distance or something mm, like that. Right, so right. unless you have an event that calls for you to train a heavy single, eh.
0: You know, but even then when you're training for a heavy single, doing that max effort single in training is going to take so much out of you. No, and It's not going to give anything back. Yeah. No. So it just, it makes more sense to hit those triples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, that's something, and I'm sure all three of us have been there, you don't learn until, like, your mid to late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> right there. <man>. Yeah. <laughs> still still learning. My birthday's in, like, two weeks. Uh-huh. Yeah, before that, it's just full send. Mm-hmm. Send it. But, but at the same time, you got to do those when you're young, because if you don't, you don't know what gear you have. Well, yeah, I mean, right. you're so,
1: you know, young, athlete, chock full of testosterone, and Angst and you're like Fuck, hatred. send it. Yeah. <laughs> Pure hatred.
0: There's
2: a little bit in there. Just a little.
0: <laughs> yeah, every every time you pull a heavy single, you think about boomers. No. <laughs> would would you
2: believe that I only lived happy? Like the happier. Yes, I am, the because stronger. I have seen you lift. <laughs> <laughs> you look so calm going into <laughs> your lips. The ha- literally the happier I am, the stronger the stronger I am. I think the the my best meets I've like been so happy i've almost come to tears <laughs> just because like i've heard like someone i really care about like cheer me on or mm-hmm. like they said something like really miss like yes and then, <laughs> and then pull yeah. like 780 and I'm like yeah this feels great it's the power of friendship yeah, the yeah. power that's exactly what it is <laughs> the power of friendship and it's great <laughs> i love it i've tried lifting mad like other people like yeah i get rage and fucking no no that's not how my body works at all and i i find myself to be very weird because i've not found someone else that like lifts better happy Everybody else is like rage or angst, some sort of angst or anxiety. They live better.
1: I have to clear my head. Like, if I get too jacked up or mm-hmm. get too lopsided in emotions, it just fucks me up. So I have to, like, just clear it out, just blow everything out.
2: I think about X Men Serenity. <laughs> you remember that scene where he was teaching Magneto, like, how to use his powers? It, yeah. Uh, yeah, Professor X, yes. I, that's what I think. <laughs> so,
0: for me, I'm in a really good mood and usually hyper mm-hmm. in between sets. Mm-hmm. And then, like, ten seconds before my set, I get real focused in and quiet. That's kind of how I am today. Yeah, and then you, just, you, yeah. you go to yeah. work. Right, yeah. right.
2: That's what you have to do. you got to put all your uh, focus into that lift, and it's – yeah.
0: Yeah, I find
1: I find if I get too angry or you know, just jazz myself up, I I miss a cue, or mm-hmm. I, I don't get as yes. tight as I should, or I don't I don't drive the bar where I should be driving the bar mm-hmm. and it just it just mm-hmm.
0: mess up. Yeah, and even if your anger does get you through that sticking point, you still miss some cues. So for what? To risk getting injured and be out for six weeks? Right. Well, right. right. even in competition, order. I don't think I've ever used ammonia.
2: No, I've never, I don't, I don't like it. I've I've probably intentionally smelled ammonia maybe twice. And it was when I first started lifting and they said, here, try this. And I hit it and like,
0: yeah, no, I'm good. It's not happening. The only time I have ever used ammonia during a competition was during, um, the swamp monster shootout in Lafayette. Mm -hmm. Like I think it was 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. We had that max, that max Jefferson deadlift. And I used ammonia then, but I think that's the only time I've ever used it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but with our sport too, there's so many max rep events. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hit ammonia and then, you know, carry a keg 200 feet. No, you need. It's air. gonna wear out. It's yeah. gonna wear out fast. Yeah. You, you need air, not yep. ammonia. You need oxygen.
2: Mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a um, was it an anaerobic exercise. It's a aerobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard aerobic, but it's aerobic.
0: I, just yeah, I got a it.
1: few of those coming up in this competition, shit. <laughs> Talking about yeah. Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot
0: of moving going on in Alabama. Mm-hmm. There's
1: not a single uh, – no, well, there's the yoke squat. Mm-hmm. I forgot there's the max – the
0: single rep max for yoke squat. I know we don't have a max weight event for Rougarou either. We have max height, but right. we don't have a max a max weight. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, I'm kind of happy about that. About not having too many max
1: weight events.
0: Is that your hearing aid? I just heard.
1: Yeah. Oh wow, it is. It can whistle. Does I that can, does that
0: hurt your ears when it does
1: that? I didn't even really notice until you said it.
0: Okay. <clears throat> I thought it was outside. Yeah. <laughs> I thought somebody was getting in. <laughs> if you couldn't hear that on the uh, on the podcast, what just happened is Matt tugged at his ear, and it sounded like his hearing or it's, we heard feedback. Yeah. So. If I heard it from where I was sitting eight feet away, I couldn't imagine what it must have sounded like in Matt's ear, but I don't know if being deaf kind of counteracts that
1: no um no, because I hear normally with my hearing aids then so yeah, um, but no the the my old hearing aids, I would hear it. Very clearly. Okay.
0: Ooh. But for some reason, these I just I just don't hear the. Maybe feedback there's like that
2: a much. dampener or something on the inside. It maybe brings, yeah.
0: I have no idea. Yeah. I just hear a constant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> only when I'm sleeping. Only when I'm sleeping. Yeah. You mean tinnitus?
0: <laughs> no, my <laughs> elbows don't hurt.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's the wrong word. <laughs> I know what you really mean. I don't know the word. But I know what you really mean.
0: That, it's where you step on a nail, right? No. <laughs> you ever
2: I I I used to have this when I was sleeping. You ever um you ever sleeping, you hear like um like a scratching noise? Like kind of some of the scratching noise. I'm pretty sure your house
0: is haunted. <laughs> That's what that sounds like.
2: So I realized <laughs> that it was my heartbeat. And it was, but it was, it was so like, you know, you have your veins and stuff through pretty much every part of your body. So my ears. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> so my ears were like folded over on itself. And so it was the blood flow through my ears that it made it sound like scratching. And it was because I was constricting the blood and it went, it sounded like scratching through the, the blood vessels.
0: I have never heard this
2: before in my life. Oh, it, it was so weird. It was so, because I'd wake up and I'm like, what's going on? And then I'd try to go to sleep again. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: Then I start waking up. Something clawing its way out of him. Yeah, uh, alien. Uh, a demon came in him last night. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> have you seen those those videos?
2: I've I, I not seen. Oh wait, the the one where the yeah, yeah. I saw these, where it like, it's in Mexico sound. now, right? Where there's a lot of there's a lot of videos in Mex, coming from Mexico where there it's like uh they have like a video watching them and the demon's like. Um,
0: making love to them. Okay, so we're definitely talking about two different things. No? Oh, yes. Remind me after the have- podcast, I'll have to show you on my phone. There's this dude on TikTok that's been making these videos, like very unfortunate phrasing, and he's a lifter. Mm. So he's like, I couldn't get my lift, but then a demon came in me. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, whatever you're talking about, I don't yeah. want to know. <laughs> dude, this is
2: what stuff is popping yeah. up on Facebook, and these people are like getting. Yo. yeah
1: and, and then
0: he's like and then and then I took some back shots and it's like <laughs> and it's like a video of him flexing for the camera
2: <laughs> oh that is an unfortunate phrase. that's awesome have <laughs> you ever heard of um what's it what's it called um uh unnecessary bleeping where where they'll play a video and it's mm-hmm. a normal video like you ever you ever listen to uh, frozen and it's a uh, you need to go, do you oh. want to beep a snowman
0: Yeah. So I I, I know the concept. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I see your frozen comment, and Mm -hmm. I raise you. If you take MMA Mm -hmm. and you blur certain parts out, it just looks like gay porn. (laughs) Especially when he's between his legs,
2: and he's pounding them.
1: And he grappling.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah, just you, know, you huh, just sometimes. blur some stuff out, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's completely yeah. different context. Yeah,
2: play some uh, slow jazz music.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so let's reel it back in. Okay. Yeah,
1: getting a little off the rails. So,
0: <laughs> it, does it just do it when you tug at your ear?
1: Oh, I didn't. Really, sorry, my ear itches. I'm not. I'm not trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 liter- I've literally, I've literally known you for like time. three years.
0: For like three years now, and I've never once seen this happen. <laughs> this is weird.
1: Well, it does. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So, you've worked with a lot of younger, like high school athletes in mm-hmm. your career. Yes. What is your advice to young kids that are wanting to get into strength sports for the first time? How should they go about getting started, especially if they are going to a school that doesn't have a program existing already?
2: Okay, so my advice is pretty much the same advice I'd have for pretty much anybody. Um, It's easier for high school kids, though. Uh, You just find some friends to help you do it. Even if you don't uh, or aren't able to find some friends, you're not able to talk to somebody on social media, ask around. But I found that team camaraderie helps you stay in whatever sport you pick. Uh, a lot easier because you're not lifting alone I know it sucked for me before the six month period where I decided to lift alone but um, outside of that um, research the sport find some experts locally that you can talk to or the closest person to an expert and ask, for some, ask them for some advice uh, and you know nine times out of ten they're willing to help you they're willing to get involved somehow and take you on the wing and teach you uh, what you need to know to help yourself improve in that sport
0: and what are some things you wish you would have been told at 16 years old before you discovered all this
2: Hmm. that you don't have to get your training from one spot you it's best to branch out to other people excuse me so what I actually I actually got that advice um when I was 16 I started training with other teams when I was a wrestler and so uh I had a very very small wrestling team. So only the, the, at first all the training I was getting from was a small group that couldn't wrestle that well. My coach was a, a math teacher that never wrestled in high school. And so I went over to Estruma High School and started doing a little training with them. They had a much bigger team. Their coach was a lot more experienced and I gained a lot more experience from that. Uh I actually around I looked up uh, some training videos and it it helped me become a better, more skilled lifter. I can do all the conditioning I want, but without the skill, uh, without the skill portion, I can always get beaten by the the more skilled wrestlers. You
0: know? Okay.
2: Comfort silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Some so something else that actually um that helped out a lot is that when you try to teach other people, um, even when again, even when you're a novice. Um, It helps you learn it and uh, become better at it because then you start learning some uh, minor issues that you had yourself um, that or minor mistakes that you've been making yourself that helps you grow uh, as an athlete in general. Uh, Because I remember breaking down certain portions of like maybe the swamp monster that I was doing and I realized like some of the stuff that I uh, that I do is natural. have to break it down to that person so that means the next time i teach it i'm able to teach it a lot better and then i learned that if i if i break it down uh say for instance i uh am turning in the middle of the in the middle of the throw well if i tell them well lower your level instead of just turning because you know i was taller than most other uh, wrestlers then it helped them you know complete the the uh the technique a lot better um same thing for for lifting when you break it down and start discussing with people or teaching people how to make that lift a little better you realize oh well if i did this uh, if i activate my lats a little a little bit more or if i open my knees up a little bit more my deadlift improves tremendously uh and giving giving the the student or the person you are talking to the opportunity to speak back and ask questions you'll learn a little bit more um Last piece of advice is don't let the failures of, like, yesterday affect today. You know, take them as a lesson. Take everything as a lesson, and then keep going forward. Uh, Because if you keep living in what you failed at, then all you're going to do is just have a wall of failures and no progress whatsoever, nothing to show for it.
1: I'm going to add on to that. and say that especially for strength sports that's a long road that's a a very long discipline so don't get caught up in trying to hit these big numbers when you're 16 17 or even 18 Um, keep working on your skills keep building your base and treat this as a lifelong project so that way when you're in your twenties and thirties and forties you will hopefully minimize risk and you'll be able to reach potential that you would not have if you just tried to do everything in a condensed time zone, time mm-hmm. frame. It's
2: a marathon, not a race.
0: Yep, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. That's something that I definitely worry about with this newer, newest generation that's coming up. <clears throat> and that's what I was, I was in my head, yeah. yeah. Like, and I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before or not, but um, when, and you're just a little bit younger than me and Matt yeah. are.
1: Mm-hmm. We're the same age. Oh, really?
0: that's right. I always forget you're a little bit younger than me too. We were we were freshmen together, remember? Yeah, yeah, freshmen. Mm-hmm. So you went to school with both Mats. At one I point. did. I did cuz the other Matt
2: is just a year older than me. But
0: um but anyway, when I got I remember when I was in high school, YouTube wasn't a thing mm-hmm. until I think my senior year. So Anyone, anyone who started in high school that was my age or younger had to get their first bit of education from either a coach or trial and error.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in the age of the internet, all of the collective knowledge of all the greatest coaches that have ever existed are accessible at the click of a finger. Mm-hmm. You know? So all these lifters that are coming up have more knowledge than they do experience already. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm seeing it a lot where a lot of these lifters are going full on the gas 15 years old. And their form is good, their positioning is good, but they haven't built that tendon strength, those joint strength, this bone structure. And because of that, I have a feeling that we're about to see the age where athletes aren't – or strength athletes anyway – aren't reaching their peak in their mid 30s anymore mm-hmm. because they start specializing at 15 years old. Right, right. So we're about to see a lot of kids like peak at their careers before they've even fully taken advantage of their grown man strength.
2: You know, I think we see that already uh not in our particular sector of strength sports because it's just starting to become more popular in the last well, maybe 10 years. But if you look at uh, a lot of the Olympic sports, a lot of the Olympians are like early twenties mm-hmm. and they specialize really, really early because they had it in high school. They, uh, they didn't, they didn't have YouTube uh, initially, but there's, there's, I guarantee you theirs was the first one that popped up. Mm-hmm. And so I have not seen like maybe a, a 30 or 40 year old in the Olympics dominating the 20 year olds. Um, Depends on the sport. It depends. Well, I'm thinking about like the, uh, the, um, the Olympic sports. So like the Olympic, uh, the cleans and then oh, like the weightlifting. Oh, Olympic aspect. lifting. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. weight, like Olympic lifting. Yeah. So you won't you won't see that as much because the because it's you know you specialize and you grow you you get to your peak, your uh you know when you're like what I consider your junior mm-hmm. year. I uh,
0: I think we have CrossFit to thank for that a lot too. Because it wasn't really a thing in the United States, mm-hmm. big, until CrossFit blew up in the mm-hmm. early two thousand or mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw a lot of kids realize they were really strong and really, like, they, were, they had a genetic predisposition to be good at the Olympic lifts, mm-hmm. but they hated burpees. Mm-hmm. So the ones that had that and also happened to be, to be in close enough proximity to a strength coach or mm-hmm. had the – financial means to pay for online coaching? Because that's another thing. Online coaching is becoming a thing now, too. Right, right. You know, before, uh, have you ever, have you ever written the book, The Talent Code? Mm, or no. written? Uh, read. Read. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I need to have written more books. <laughs> so there's a book called The Talent Code, and one of the things that they talk about in that book is, and we'll take Olympic lifting as a good example of that, to be a really good Olympic lifter, you need a few things. You need genetic predisposition to be good at Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. You need the desire to be a good Olympic lifter. And you need proximity to a good enough teacher to get you there. Yeah. The third one, we don't really need that much anymore because of the mm-hmm. internet.
1: Mm, I disagree.
0: So it's, it's helpful. It's definitely helpful. And maybe with Olympic lifting and sports that are a little bit more complicated – it's always going to play a part, but like, like how many powerlifters do you know that have gotten really far and their coach lives across the country? Quite a few. Quite but. a few, yeah.
2: Because um, I remember when I when I first well, I started I started when everybody was near me, but my coach eventually moved to Ohio, mm-hmm. and but he trained me for another two years. and I was still pretty good. Um, but I do know some people that are that are like uh, IPF level, and their coach is miles away
0: and strong man you can have a coach lives on the other side of the country like Mm -hmm. nothing's ever going to completely replace somebody who's actually sitting there with you Mm -hmm. all day every day but just due to the fact of the internet existing and you can outsource that ability the talent pool in total for Mm -hmm. everything is just going to skyrocket oh yeah
2: which is why there's such a big pull there's a there's such a big standing for uh for raw lifting now because one you can't you don't need to pay for as much, which means you have money more money to pay for like online coaching, and you can do you can do so much more with so much less
1: yeah, yeah I'm also starting to see uh some raw lifters actually be able to outpace equipped lifters so
2: which is why our qualifying totals are higher for yeah. raw lifters versus equipped lifters. Like it's about hundred and fifty pounds difference. I think you, I think the qualifying total for my weight class right now, two seventy fives. Then the qualifying total of raw nationals is about seven ninety five. The qualifying total for the equipped lifter is seven twenty seven twenty
0: five. Roughly what are those in kilos. freedom units for all of our people at home that don't <laughs> know math?
2: <laughs> so um So for 7.95, I think it's somewhere around, uh, somewhere around late 1700s, between 1770 and like, like just just below 1800, and then 7.27 is uh, like 1600, 1600 pounds, something like that. Yeah, 1640,
0: 1640, 1650. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Hey, do we have any? uh, We had any questions or anything come through? Yeah, we did. What Uh, we got?
1: Let's see. Got a few comments. Big Country 614 said, what's up, fellas? All right. And then uh, he, it was someone, Oki Raider said, welcome to the beard show.
0: Okay, Got this is the beard fa- show. Facial
1: hair, facial hair going yeah. on here. Uh, but Big Country 614, I had a question. What do you guys think of 2022 World Strongest Man lineup?
0: I honestly don't have the lineup committed to memory so yeah. i figured and, you might know
1: better than i would
0: so I'll, I'll tell you what we'll talk about that next episode okay yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. go so, ahead and have uh, that written down and yeah we'll do a lot of heavy research into that yeah and yeah we'll cover that next episode Okay. Let's see.
1: he also woodman 80 says not a big fan of ammonia just every once a few months and that's all the comments and questions for okay. right now
0: okay. all right okay. cool well, we just crossed over the hour mark about two minutes ago. Is anything they have anything they wanna to touch on before we go ahead and take this thing in for a landing? Yeah, we um, have. We, we did
1: we did yeah, skip Stephanie. over two of the top two of the
2: Yeah, Steffi and Heather.
1: Yeah. Okay. You wanna uh, get on those real quick? What's up? You wanna get on those real quick or Yeah. Might as well. Take mm-hmm. it away, Matt. All right, so something that I thought was interesting. Um, this video I came across was of uh, Steffi Cohen. I'm sure anybody who's involved in strength sports has heard that name at least once, Mm -hmm. especially if you're on social media, because she is everywhere. But I thought something that she did was really impressive. I don't know how long ago this lift actually happened, but she posted a video on her social media platform two days ago. But it was a video of her at 118 pounds body weight, and she was pulling a 530 pound deadlift. And all I could think was, my God, that's just fucking nuts. She's one mm-hmm. of the
0: best deadlifters on earth. Yep, so, that, is that definitely makes sense.
1: Absolutely crazy. And um, there's another one that I like. Her name is Heather Connor. She, uh, the info she put was she is a lifter at 47 kilograms body weight, which is not even 100 pounds, I think it's maybe like touching 100 pounds. I guess she said 98. And she right. deadlifts more than four times her body weight. She is in the force. And, again, I thought that was another lifter. Like, damn, she is strong.
0: That's insane. That's one thing that I've always noticed is when you – even though they don't get the spotlight they deserve, when you look at the female athletes that are out there in strength sports, whether we're talking about uh, powerlifting or strongman, I mean, look at, look at people like Rihanna and Lovelace. Mm-hmm. You know, she pulls – like, she is just over 100 pounds, if I remember right, she pulls us in the sixes with, so, with gear. But still. So just, just to provide a little clarity for some people who can't really get
1: that, the significance of that in their head, that would be the equivalent of me who weighs 220 pounds being able to pull an 880 deadlift. Like, that's just nuts. Like, to have that much strength pound for pound, it's just crazy.
0: It would be like Half Thor pulling 2,000 pounds. Right.
1: Like, it's just the ability that's to pull boring. that many times your body weight is just mind-blowing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm never. I see. Uh, I I can't even imagine how much if what I would do with that kind of strength. To be honest, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know I would do. I'd still be competing for sure. You'd be winning. I'd be yeah. winning, winning every time. <laughs> every. Uh, uh, but I. You'd I, be beaten by yourself.
0: Nobody yeah. buy that plane <laughs> ticket. I'd
2: be. I'd be up there with like Ray Williams and Bonica, who win all the time, every time, because they're the greatest. Yeah. Uh, but it 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 is even them. They they have not hit anywhere near times, four times their body weight and one of their lifts. Like I think Ray Williams sits at about 180 kilos. It's about, what, like 360, 370. Mm. And he squats a 1,000, so it's like four, 480 in kilos. And so it's, you know, he, he, he's just a little bit over or just a little bit under triple body
0: weight. Which is still insane. Yeah.
2: It's very, yeah, it's very. But it, it puts you in perspective. Ray Williams wins almost all the time uh unless he's sick, he wins almost all the time Bonica Brown li- wins almost all the time, and they don't lift like triple their body weight but it, it puts you in it puts in perspective like how powerful uh these ladies are yeah. uh, power but using power uh and not just strong for you know because it's you know it's more compact but yeah uh just just how much power that little person you can you can you can pull out yeah I think it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'd want to fight either one of them. No, no
2: nah, that's not that's not something you want to do at all. No, yeah, you might ask them to help you move. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: Next I, time we move, Atlas, we're gonna hit up uh, Steffi Cohen to help us move out of here. No,
2: mm-hmm. yep. I think I, I think I can uh, get in contact with Heather Connor. It's been a few, been a little bit since I talked to her, but yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, but I never want to move Atlas again. No, no, I like it here. So you weren't here for the last move, no. but we moved from 2,000 square feet, five, uh, it was like three miles down the road from here, and we mm. moved into here. That move was brutal, but what was worse was the fact that I had to buy 100 more stall mats, and those things are 100 pounds apiece. Oh, wow. So And they're 100 pounds of floppy bitchness. <laughs> you
2: know, I, I bought eight. I know what
0: you feel, Yeah. And i, yeah. I moved all of them myself.
2: Put them in my vehicle and then drive them down the road. And yeah, I know exactly what you, feel.
0: Well, you see where Tractor Supply fucked up as they told me they did free delivery mm-hmm. over certain orders. So I was like, sweet, I want these delivered. Mm-hmm. I said that thinking that they had a like um, an actual truck with a forklift that you know, one of the ones with the forklift that rides on the back of the truck. Nah, No. all that crap. No, nah, this mm-hmm. was some dude's dad <laughs> with a single axle trailer. It took him eight trips wow i felt so bad <laughs>
2: i bet you did i hope you tipped him yeah <laughs> i tipped, tipped. him. okay but
0: ahead. um just a tip. just <laughs> yeah just the tip though <laughs> it's not exactly yeah, he he didn't get the whole thing <laughs> yep mm-hmm. but uh but yeah i i felt so bad and i just know damn well when they told him hey you're delivering this to this address mm-hmm. he went i'm sorry you told him we did free delivery on this <laughs>
2: Oh, he was probably so (laughs) impressed. I'm pretty sure he went back and yelled at his boss.
1: Yeah, I apologize
0: because, like I said, I I figured it's tractor supply. It's a big box store. Mm -hmm. They probably have a truck for this. Or it was going to come straight from the manufacturer or something Mm -hmm. if I had it delivered. Nope. Probably best to put it on a big truck. In fact, I bought so many stall mats all at once Mm -hmm. that I cleared out three tractor supplies. What?
2: Damn. Did that same guy have to go around? Yep. Oh, that's
0: unfortunate. That yep. same guy
2: had to go around to all three of the tractor supplies. Mm-hmm. So wait, there's a tractor supply. Okay, I know there's one in Denham Springs.
0: Uh, is there one? I got him from uh, from Denham, Zachary, and some little town I had never heard of and haven't been back since. Is it Pride? Maybe I don't know. Yeah,
2: because that's like a, just above Zachary. Uh, I should you yeah, should teach. They don't exactly
0: to... have one in the heart of Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but that fortunately, the tractor supply in Denham Springs is like. Still kind of close to my house. It's like five miles away. Yeah, it's so, not far from here. Yeah, so I I, I drove it back and forth. Mm-hmm. Only reason I took two trips because I bought it two separate times. I realized I was going to put it in like a room a room in my house, and that's how I was able to get uh, it all. But I was like scratching my walls. <sighs> There's still some black marks there.
0: For Louisiana Strongest Man, I might be buying 24 more. I'll be moving, but I'll be returning them the next day. <laughs> 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 like literally, what I'm going to do? We're done here. Literally what I'm going to do, uh, because we have a max distance, uh, max distance natural stone carry. Mm-hmm. So, if I have 24, I can set up a six-foot wide lane outside, double layered, mm-hmm. and they can just walk back and forth on it. Okay. And okay. then I'll just load them up. And bring them back the next day.
2: I know uh, um, a meet director in Florida that he hosts a lot of USA Powerlifting meets, which I think now he does Powerlifting America because he might be the reason that I got kicked out. Um, he um, he does the same thing. He does it with his wood too. He'll he'll host the meet by the wood and then send the wood back.
0: Yes, yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah. Which if we're if we're going to be um, doing next year's Capital City in house without. Travis, we're going to need to actually invest in some platforms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that'll be fun.
2: Yeah, I think I'll grab those sometime soon. I used to – I have a spot to to hold all the wood anyway. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just – I'm really hoping that the price of wood goes down before now. And then is, I haven't
2: mature. even looked. I haven't even looked. You know, like, yeah. like, just keep me aware and I'll get it.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, have I ever told you my theory on why the price of wood skyrocketed?
2: Is it gas? No. Nope.
0: Because, remember, it skyrocketed during covid Mm-hmm. Yeah, wood's been high for two years now. Less people
2: buying wood for houses?
0: It skyrocketed. Well, it's not that. There were less. They say it was because there were fewer people in the mills making the wood. Mm. But the price of wood skyrocketed right after the first stimulus check when it, it was $600. And everybody started posting memes on Facebook about how $600 was just enough money to build a guillotine. <laughs> Literally overnight, the price of wood tripled.
2: <laughs> You've made that connection, yes. and now everyone's gonna see it.
1: Yep. Everybody watching it, like, the jig is like, Something about this. Yep, we they were like, "Oh shit!" They're <laughs> right. Better get those numbers
0: up. <laughs> we don't need a French Revolution on our hands. You've
2: a revolution.
0: You know, right now the uh, the the or the wealth inequality gap is like twice as high as it was during the French Revolution. Hmm. Well, that sucks.
2: Yeah, I noticed uh, – I think I saw something earlier today that the cost of the cost of buying a house of so proportion to, like, how much the average salary is is twice as it, mu- as it was during the Great Depression. It's ridiculous. More, more yeah.
0: than that. It's a
1: lot more than that. Yeah,
0: age. it's so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, which is why it always makes me laugh when, like, someone who's, like, above the age of 55 is like, well, I don't understand what the problem is. By the time I was your age, I had a two houses paid off. Like, well, yes. oh, I'm sorry that was back in the and day they- when – a five thousand square foot cost you fucking five strawberries, and they <laughs> also—wow!
0: <not> <laughs> and they <laughs> and they all literally have lead poisoning too. Uh, mm, yeah. Every one of them. There was yeah. lead in the paint. There was lead in the gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> and lead poisoning has proven to literally make you dumber.
1: Mm. Well, mm. you know what?
0: Sometimes we get it really <sighs> And now like, they're all in Congress.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You bought that house in 1988, and now we, I could buy that house for 10 million dollars. We
0: need age limits
2: or some kind of like cognitive uh, indicator to say, "You look, you're you need to be out."
1: Term limits. Yeah. Guillotines.
2: You get yeah. That too. That too. The guillotine is the solution. We need we need the we need an indicator before that. Well, what you can't do just go around you, killing people. Yep. It'd be fun though.
1: It's like it's like when you buy a new house that's full of rats and termites. You got to clear the rats and termites before mm-hmm. you upgrade anything. Well, you just don't buy that
0: house, Matt. True, true. You buy a different well, house. Well, well inflation rate like right these days,
1: Cameron, you don't have a choice <laughs> yeah. but to buy the house. If you
0: don't <laughs> buy that house, BlackRock will.
2: <laughs> and, well, you know, if the house is America, you kind of already bought it. You just have to deal with the rats. <sighs>
0: This That's got awesome. really off the rails. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and take this thing in for a landing before we all get canceled by um, somebody. Or I don't know. Like What we're talking about oh. right now is the opposite of what people get canceled for. Right, so, I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, are probably like us. Yeah. yeah, Viva La Revolution. Viva
1: La Revolution. <laughs>
0: we are sponsored by the guillotine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am yes. so glad I am no longer active duty. Oh. <laughs> Working for the Fire Nation. Oh, uh,
2: yes. <laughs> yes.
0: All right, so anyway... <laughs> First and foremost, we have veteran-owned com. Use promo code ATLASstrength at checkout. And you're going to save 20% on your next batch of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally come in little – I didn't mention this earlier. They come in these little packets, about the same size as a Crystal Light packet. You put them wherever you're drinking, and you're going to get 160 milligrams of caffeine. It'll get you through your day. Again, use promo code ATLASstrength at checkout. Next, we have Impact Mouth Guards. If you like your teeth and you want to keep them all in your head – you don't want to crack a molar during a max effort squat attempt. Go to Impact Mouth Guards. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH at checkout. And you're going to save 10% on your next mouth guard. Trust me. I use them all the time. Anytime my ADHD will let me remember to actually put it in between my sets. But I'm I getting can, one. I can definitely tell the difference between when I lift with a mouth guard and when I don't. Mm. I, I wonder why that set went bad, and I look at my mouth guard on the ground. It's like, oh, I forgot to put that in. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Sticks and Stone Barbell. I'm sorry, just Sticks and Stone. There is no barbell. They don't make barbells. They make concrete weights. I found him on TikTok. You should go find him on TikTok. He is also on Instagram. I'm assuming he's on Facebook as well. And he has a sponsor for both the third annual Ruguru Classic and the second Louisiana Strongest Man. And we are going to have some really cool stuff from him next month. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, we have the Atlas Strength Shop. That is us. If you're in the Baton Rouge area, definitely come and see us. We'd love to have you. If you're in Southeast United States, sign up for one of our competitions. Currently, we have two strongman competitions a year and a powerlifting competition a year. And if you aren't in the Southeast United States and don't feel like traveling to us, go to atlasstrengthshop.com, click on the apparel tab, and check out our apparel line. Use promo code ATLASNERDS10 at checkout, and you're going to save 10% on your next order. Matt, you got anything to add? Trust squat, not the state. Botsy, where can they find you?
2: Uh, you can find me here uh, at Atlas Strength Shop, pretty much whatever you want. Just call me up, and I do personal training. I do online training, and I do programming. Uh, come see me. I'll make you stronger. And where
0: can they find you online?
2: Oh, uh, uh, on pretty much everywhere. So B-O-T-T-E-S-Y, that's at on Instagram, Twitter. You can find me on Facebook using the same thing. Uh, I'm not on Snapchat anymore, but uh, yes, I might. I'll think about making a Twitter, depending on how the following goes.
0: I I twit things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Nobody follows us though. We have like twenty four followers. I, so <laughs> I don't. I don't
2: really. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I usually just stalk people on Twitter. I just don't mature. know
0: how to use Twitter. I don't.
2: Fire. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, you see how few posts I make now? Yeah. Which I need to fix that. But like yeah, Twitter do. is like all all commenting, all status updates all the time, and I hate yeah. that. I hate that so much. But Twi- if you send me Twi- a message, sh- then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll,
1: okay. I'll get on a there. Dumpster fire that app. <laughs>
0: Elon's going to fix it all. But anyway, don't forget to like and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the different things. We've got a YouTube channel as well. Go follow us on YouTube. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Click that share button and share us with all of your friends. If you're watching us on TikTok and you liked us and you want to find more of us, these podcasts go live every, every Monday at 6.30 a.m. So definitely go and check that out on all available platforms. So until next time, we'll see you. See you.
2: Have a nice week.